Hey, business building warrior. This is Jim with Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest I'll be bringing on in just a few minutes. If you've listened to more than, say, 10 or 20 episodes of this podcast, you've noticed a theme around here, and that is we really like helping people grow incredible businesses on Amazon, and the vast majority of our episodes are on that exact topic, as is today's episode. The thing that makes some of our most recent episodes a little different, however, is we put a message in our Facebook group. We've got about 70,000 members there now as I'm recording this, and we said, hey, If you're struggling, maybe you've tried some of the strategies, you've seen a little bit of success, you're convinced the system works, but you're struggling. You're not quite where you think you could be or should be. Well, let's hop on a podcast episode and have a conversation. We're going to try something new. Now, typically we would work with those people one-on-one, not necessarily record the conversation. We've got our coaching program and that sort of thing. But we decided to do a few of those and see if it resonated with you, the listener. Remember, this show is for you. It's not for that single individual who might want some time with me. I love doing that, but the show is for you as the listener. And what's amazing to me is how many people are saying they really love these episodes with the newer struggling students. When I say struggle, it's not necessarily a negative connotation, just there's a certain hurdles they haven't gotten over yet and they wouldn't mind some help. So why not capture and record that session? and provide it to the listeners. What I'm learning is, here's the surprise. There's a few surprises that have come out of us doing these episodes. One is the experienced sellers in our community, the people who've been doing this a long time quite successfully, they enjoy it every bit as much as some of the newer folks who are less convinced maybe or less certain and really needing that encouragement. Because we drop some very specific tips and strategies. And I always learn something as well, which is a benefit for me. And I love that. So today's guest is another one of those folks who responded in our Facebook group to our call to help some of the newer sellers who maybe aren't where they want to be yet, but they see the potential. Her name is Neva Velasquez. Her family has a vision to be serving as missionaries in Mexico. They live in the Atlanta area right now, and they see their e-commerce business as one of the things that's going to help fund that transition to where they know God is calling them. So we talk a little bit about that today. We talk some very specific examples and details on what they should do to find great inventory for their Amazon business, how to scale, how to make it more hands-free and automated, topics that you've maybe heard us talk about on this show before many times in the past, but we hit them head on today. I answer any of the questions that she brought to the table. We talk about wholesale. We talk about some tools it's just a great conversation between two people. You, I had a hard time believing that we've never chatted before. It just came so easy to both of us to, to benefit from the conversation and talk about this. Because here's the thing, you've heard me say it before, business building warriors are very special people. People who are trying to build a business to strengthen their relationships with their spouse, with their kids, to put themselves in more in a position to be able to do those things that they know that they could and should and are called to do even, that's a special group of people. So it's pretty easy for us to have a meaningful, useful conversation. I'm so glad we captured it for you today. Please let us know if you have any questions. And before I bring Neva on the line for our conversation, just one little favor, if you don't mind, if you find this episode useful today, would you spread the word? Would you share it? Maybe send an email to a friend or on Facebook, tag someone and say, hey, listen to this episode. I think it might help you out. 
that's our marketing right there. We have a $0 marketing budget for this show. You are the one spreading the word. So leave us a review on iTunes. We love those. Or subscribe on YouTube if you happen to be checking us out there. But uh, let's jump over and get Neva Velasquez on the line right now. You're going to enjoy this one. So Neva, welcome to the program. Hi. Good to have you here. So let's jump right into your story. I'm eager to learn more about you and see where we can get today. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, on Amazon, I think it's been at least 10 years since we were exposed to it. And it kind of took us a little bit to get the like courage, I think, to, to start. You know, we started really just scanning stuff on clearance and um, started from there. And then you say we, you and your my, my husband, your husband. Yeah. Okay. And so 10 years ago, you were scanning clearance aisles. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, yeah. Probably seven or eight years is when we actually decided to give it a shot, but we okay. were exposed to it, you know, prior to that. Right. So we did that for a while and it never really, you know, that's probably not the best business model. It's great gravy. Yeah. I mean, it, it still is, <laughs> you know, you can make a little bit of money, especially if you're willing to sell on multiple platforms, there's still yeah. opportunity there. And we can dig into that a little bit, perhaps it's, it's a hustle and a grind. I call it the Easter egg hunt. Yeah. But yeah. not to interrupt your story. Let's keep going. So then uh, probably five or six years ago, I probably closer to five years ago, was introduced to the replan model through the Q4 group. I had joined that just mm-hmm. on a, I need to do something. <laughs> so I joined that. And that's when really the light bulbs kind of went off. And I realized that it really could be sustainable and I could actually go out and shop and source locally and then send it in and make a profit. So that was when I really started seeing that it's a viable you know, business and source of income. and Just being in a community of people who are doing it, you started to become convinced, okay, that this is doable. Yeah, yeah. And and so I had some success that Q4 and like over the next year, some some success. I mean, we had some replans that were selling and, you know, kind of understood how to do it. We never really got to the point where we could take money from it. You know, it was just kind of a, we were just, there where we were using all of our money that we would get back from Amazon to send it back in to right. get more product and send it back in. And and so just kind of weren't able to scale it. And then I ended up getting a full-time job and <laughs> that despite my intentions of keeping it going, it just kind of fizzled for a while. Yeah. What work so, did you get? I work at a school. Okay. The front office at a school. Which Full-time. I that yeah. sounds like a full-time gig, at least when school's in, right? Yeah, yeah. So really just over the last two months, it's been since about 2020 that we kind of stopped doing much at all. Mm-hmm. And just over the last couple months, my husband and I have really, the fire has started burning in us <laughs> again to, gotcha. to get going. And really, really, you know, we our desire is for this to sustain our family. We've got four kids and, you know, for us to be able to travel, our dream is to do missions and, you know, we need something that we're not tied down to a specific place so that we can go do all of our dreams. Yeah. That's beautiful. 
Tell me a little bit about that. I'm just curious because we we've never spoken before and I, you know, we can jump into the coaching details yeah. and all of that, but tell me a little bit more about who we're who we're getting to know today. Yeah. So uh, you and your husband have a have a mission in mind that uh, that God's put on your heart, it sounds like. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So we've our our dream has been for the longest time to go to Mexico and do missions. Actually, my husband is Mexican, but oh, that's the last name. That, last that's place. the last name. There yeah. We go. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, it's honestly just kind of been hard right now. Our kids are kind of at that age where they're all teenagers and mm-hmm. it's getting harder, but yeah. So our, our dream is just to work with people in, in Mexico. And Is there a specific region or area? Cause our daughter's in Guatemala. We have a long-term family vision of getting back to Guatemala, oh, nice. uh, which if people think Mexico is poor, Wait till you see Guatemala. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So we we adopted her from uh, just outside, well, a little town called Mexico, outside of uh, Guatemala City. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much need there. My vision is to have an entrepreneurial training center. Because mm-hmm. e-commerce can go anywhere, right? Right. In Mexico right. slash, you know, orphanage, which there's a huge need for. And of mm-hmm. course, our, our beautiful little girl came from that area. So our heart's there. But what kind of what's got you guys assuming it has something to do with the, the roots of your husband, but what, uh, tell us that story. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. So even before I met him, I had spent some time in Mexico and I mean, we met at a bilingual church up in Minnesota. So it's always been on my heart also. And so our, our dream is really just to reach people for just like share the kingdom and, um, read the gospel. And, yeah. And Beautiful. just really, you know, just kind of teach them the just culture of honor, honor and teach them that they're children of God and, mm-hmm. you know, that they're not orphans and kind of pull them into the, the kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and being an adoptive parent, it reflects so much God's nature in bringing us in, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, so the lessons are naturally built in for our crew yeah. Yeah. as to what it means to be grafted into God's family and Adopted with all benefits, right, and responsibilities <laughs> uh, that come with that. So, yeah, God bless you guys on that. That's tremendous. Is there a certain city or region before we move on to the next topic? I'm just curious. Um, yeah, Querétaro is where where I don't know where that is. It's uh, it's about two hours north of Mexico City. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, God bless you guys. Let's see if we can contribute to helping make that happen. Yes. All right. So, and what does your husband do now? So he does home inspections, gotcha. but that over the last couple of months has really dwindled also. Sure. Yeah. The housing market's slowing down, interest rates mm-hmm. go up and fewer people can afford them and get approved for loans. And yeah, we're, we're feeling that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good news is, yeah, Amazon's on fire and the opportunity is big <laughs> and there's plenty of room for new sellers to jump in and do this thing. So what last worked well for you guys? Tell us a couple of stories about what worked and we'll kind of build off of that. Yeah. So I think I have a fairly good like number sense. So I could kind of grasp like, you know, what would be profitable. Hold on a second. Sorry, my scratchy throat. Yeah, I'm fighting that too. We <laughs> talked before the record button. Yeah. So we're both gonna be sipping a lot of water <laughs> yeah. today. There's something in the air. Where yeah. are you located? I'm not even I'm in think? Georgia. Georgia. Okay. Outside of Atlanta. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I'm up here in Indianapolis, so about four hours north. Whenever we head 
on vacation, us, we call us Hoosiers in Indiana, right? We head south typically and have to go right through Atlanta. It's, avoiding Atlanta is the trick, yeah. man. <laughs> I try to avoid it also. <laughs> yeah, even though you live there, right? Like eight lanes doesn't help. No, no. So what, what had worked before was, I mean, we, I would go basically source Walmart mostly and um, a lot of groceries is what I have done. So that's, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how to read a keep a chart. Yeah. Okay. You, so you, you've been through the proven Amazon course replens training modules. I have gone through those. Yeah. Okay. The Amazon 101 and then the RA replenishable. You've been bo- through both of those? Yes. Okay. Very good. Have you been through the advanced Keepa training module yet by any chance? I have not okay. done that one. You might enjoy that one. Let me fill you in a little bit on that. And, and let me just make sure I keep the listeners up to speed too, as Neva and I are having this conversation. We want more than just the two of us to have fun today. We want you to enjoy and benefit from this as well. So uh, we started off, Neva mm-hmm. was, if you're new around here, this will be helpful if you've been around a while. You know, I may be covering some ground you already know, but bear with me. So Neva started off scanning barcodes and clearance aisles. I called that an Easter egg hunt model. That is a place where we start a lot of new sellers is just sell something, something around the house, something with a barcode on it, an old book, learn the system. And for people who are willing to hustle, I know right now, as we're recording this, we're in the middle of the fourth quarter, the last three months of the year. There's a lot of people out there hustling because there's just a lot of good stuff you can pull off the shelf clearance aisle, sales, that sort of thing. Hustle mode, fill your car. The opportunity won't be here a month or two from now. It's here right now type of mentality. And that that's true year round. You can find those clearance aisle deals, those closeout deals, the, you know, the 40% off sale, whatever. So, uh, it is a hustle mode. It's not a scalable model. That's the reason I like to see people kind of mature out of that. Maybe mature is the wrong word, but your business becomes more tr- mature in my mind, the less it relies on you hustling. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. I'm not meaning you're immature if you don't have a mature business. You've got a model that's mature enough that you could hand it to someone else and then go to Mexico for three months mm-hmm. to a place that doesn't have internet and your business continues, right? That's what I mean by mature. And if you're in an Easter egg hunt, hustle mode, hit the clearance aisles, or you're paying someone a lot of money to do that for you, it's not as scalable. It requires a fair amount of intelligence and persistence and the part of it that I'm not a big fan of is you'll come home after five hours on a Saturday with nothing sometimes. And that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Whereas you step up into the replens model, which Neva and I were starting to talk about. And now you're starting to talk about buying the same items over and over again and sending them in. And it's kind of boring. It's a shopping list and you can give it to anybody, minimum wage, and they're not going to come back with an empty car. They could be shopping online doing the same thing. That's the replens model. It's a list of profitable products. And I asked her about Keepa, which is the core tool that we encourage our new students to use and all students use it around here to help you make good purchasing decisions. So that gets us up to speed. The Proven Amazon course has all this training. All right, so you've been at Walmart. You found some groceries that were working. But as we both know, the easier the replen is, for the masses to find, the more likely you're going to have a lot of people selling it, the more likely it's going to start to drop in price. Mm-hmm. You need to get off the beaten path a little bit more. You've heard me talk about that before, right, Neva? Yes. And so you're in Atlanta, which means there's eight of everything within reasonable distance. Uh-huh. You've also got the internet, which means you can shop online. I really think you need to hone your 
online sourcing skills mm-hmm. on the OA Simplified course, oasimplified.com. That will be part of the Proven Amazon course a few months from now. But as a guest on the show today, I'm going to hook you up with it right now. So you don't have to pay anything for that if you don't already Actually, have it. I already just bought it three days there you ago. Go. You got it on sale, I hope, right? Yeah, I did. Beautiful. Okay. So that is it. We'll figure out another way to hook you up with a freebie here. But as you start to hone those online sourcing skills, get off of... There's great replans at Walmart. We have a bunch of them in my own account right now from Walmart. Everyday stuff. It's not a lot of single items. It's a lot of... uh, Let me think of one of our good ones. It would be like a three-pack of a pretty easily sourced product. But it's a three-pack. And there's a bunch of other sellers on there with us, but we're making a sale often enough that it justifies staying on that ASIN. Right. Which is one thing I want to address is your pricing strategies too, as you dive into this, because that's where a lot of newer sellers make some mistakes. Uh, so getting off the beaten path, talking about your pricing strategies, introducing some online sourcing yeah. techniques. And I'd mentioned the the Keepa, the advanced Keepa training, one of the modules inside of proven Amazon course, which by the way, we've got some new Keepa training coming, always some new things coming, but along those same lines. So let's talk about, let's start with the advanced Keepa training. Okay. You mentioned you haven't been through that module. Do you know the premise of that module by any chance? If not, I'll explain it anyway, probably. Uh, no, I guess I don't. I okay. mean, yeah, I, I so, don't. I know Keepa has new stuff also that's come out yeah, they've, you know, they, for those who don't know, go back and listen to podcast episode 369 of this show and you'll hear why we love Keepa, what it does that no one else does, and the data that it scrapes from Amazon that nobody else has. And that's the advantage that you get. Well, one of the things you can do with it is you're educated enough now, Neva, about how replens works that you can probably spot other people who have a replens style business on Amazon. It's not that hard to do. Basically, it's anybody who's selling a bunch of random weird things that don't really go together and they're selling a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You can put that seller's ID into Keepa and pretty quickly scrape through and find some winners. And when we talk about this topic, sometimes people at first they go, oh, I don't want to sell stuff that other people are already selling. But that's where I say, time out, hold up. Let's back <laughs> up the Amazon 101 here. Literally everything you're selling on Amazon is stuff that other people are selling. That's the game. That's the replens game. Those millions of underserved ASINs where maybe there's four or five sellers and you're going to come in and be the sixth seller or there's 30 sellers and you're going to become seller number 31 sharing that item that sells a whole lot every month. Right. So that advanced keep a training inside of the Proven Amazon course talks through how to go find a handful of other sellers who seem to be doing the model quickly scrape through and find a handful of winners. Then you've got to set about, okay, where can I go source this product? Well, that's where Google becomes your friend and doing a little research and looking around, right? Or if you contract, even contact the distributor, the wholesaler, sometimes you'll find really cool winners, but you got to do a little bit of footwork to find it. Mm-hmm. But that's the process there. But let me talk about the pricing strategies now, because this is something that's been a constant theme in this group, especially among newer sellers that say, I would say 90% of the people who haven't had a $10,000 month yet are struggling with the issue I'm about to identify. That's a big number. 90% of the people who haven't had a $10,000 month yet have this in the back of their mind and it's a, it's a hurdle that's easily gotten over, mm-hmm. but it's a hurdle until you process it through. 
Uh, and I'll try to be as eloquent as I can be on this topic. But the short version of it is you're being too aggressively low with your pricing, unnecessarily aggressively low with your pricing. Let's go back to an example I've been using a lot lately where you've got a product that's dropping. And this is an important factor. It's on Keepa. It's dropping 40 times a month, which means it's selling probably somewhere around you know, four times that to, to eight times that. So, you know, could be as many as three or 400 sales a month easily. 40 drops a month, which means it's a fast mover. And there's already 20 other sellers. You may look at that product and go, okay, I'm going to look at the bottom two or three lowest prices of all the other sellers. And I'm going to compare myself to them. And I'm going to see if I can make a profit selling at that price. And then you look at it and go, ah, no profit there. And you move on. That's a mistake. It could very well be worth testing. You look at the middle of the pack prices. You look at how well those people are doing. You look at those sellers or those sellers with a, with a strong reputation, let's say. They've been doing it a while. Typically, those lowest two or three sellers, maybe they only have one or two units. Maybe they're brand new. They don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, if it's dropping 40 times a month, meaning it's selling several hundred times a month, most likely, you get the regional advantages of Amazon. And this is where you got to put your thinking cap on. This is the part where people might have to rewind and listen to this again a second or third time to follow me here. But if I do a good job, hopefully that's not necessary. If you imagine Amazon having warehouses all over the United States, and you've got your four or five test units that you've sent in, and they're sitting in various zip codes around the country, there's going to be somebody who lives near one of those warehouses that's going to order that fast-moving ASIN. You can't do this with stuff that sells three or four times a month total. They'll sit there forever. But if it's something that's selling hundreds of times a month as indicated by fast moving on the Keepa chart, odds are at some point within the next month or two, which is about how often you want to get a sale minimum every month or two on any replan, otherwise you walk away from it. Profitable sale every month or two or you walk away. But odds are within a month or two, you're going to sell a unit or two, a handful from people who live near one of those warehouses where your inventory is sitting. This won't be reflected in the buy box data. That shopper is not looking for the lowest possible price. They don't mind that they're paying an extra $4.75 for your unit because they can have it on their porch an hour or two from now. That's Prime Now. A lot of major areas, including Atlanta, where you live. Have you ever used Prime Now? I have. Okay. So those items that you've bought by Prime Now, you may have paid a few dollars more without even realizing it Mm -hmm. than you would have had you been willing to wait, say, three days for it to come from Los Angeles, where Amazon has all of its inventory, right? Right. For that fast-moving ASIN. Now, I'm not talking about the fastest-moving ASINs. I'm not talking about the stuff that sells thousands of times a month that Amazon is selling at a loss. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the fast-movers that are predominantly being sold by your fellow Amazon replens, FBA sellers. This strategy works really well. Don't walk away from those seemingly low-priced, low-margin ASINs that are moving fast. Play in the middle of the price pack and see if you can make a few sales per month. You're not going to make 50 sales a day. That's not what a good replin is anyway. Mm -hmm. That's attracting too much attention. You want stuff that's going to sell a handful of times per month at a reasonable profit for you. And those ASINs that I just described, dropping 40 times a month, about 20 sellers, play in the middle of the price pack, sell one or so a week, there's millions of them, Mm -hmm. right? So my opening statement to this little segment where I told everyone to put their thinking caps on, 90% of the people who haven't sold $10,000 
in a single month are struggling with this issue, they really need to re-listen to the past four minutes of what I just said. Right. It'll completely open up the doors of possibility. And the beautiful thing about it, Neva, is I'm not saying go out and spend $3,000 in inventory and hope that it works out. I'm saying buy two or three units of some of the faster sellers and price in the middle of the pack and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So it doesn't always play out perfectly, but a lot of, more often than not, it does. And the good news is when it doesn't play out perfectly, your worst case scenario is you drop the price a little, you break even, you get your money back, you sell through the product. Right. Make right. sense? Absolutely. You followed all that? Yeah. All right. We don't have to rewind our live conversation. (laughs) All right. You caught me on a good Monday where I think I'm thinking clear as we're recording this. So (laughs) hopefully that made sense to everyone else too. Yeah. Um, No, it really did. I think too, as far as replans, I have had the conception that I want it to sell fast and that remembering that a few, few sales a month is right where I need to be with it. Yes. Yeah. Right. If it's selling really fast, you probably got a price too low. Mm-hmm. Right. So no part of this is just, you will run into those. And, and this is kind of that happy territory between the Easter egg land and the replens land is that happy territory. You find these occasional ones where every single unit I can get my hand on sells as soon as I send it in at a great margin. Is it a replen? Is it an Easter egg? I don't know. Does it Does it matter? I don't care. I'm making 20 bucks a pop. I just got to find more of this thing. So that's what people set out on this like eight state road trip. I'll be back when I, but I can get back. I'm going to every store X in the eight county area. You know, there's 42 of them. And I'm going to clear the shelf. Each store has two or three of these things, but they're, you know, these are, these are 40, $50 in our pocket every time. You'll 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 find those. Mm-hmm. And some people will just hit the hustle and kind of enjoy the butt. But, and it does move quickly as a replan. But most of the replans, the ones that'll stick around a long time are going to be the, you know, the boring ones that, you know, I send in five and six weeks later, I send in five more and six weeks later, I send in three more. But you get 100, 200, 500 of those and you get someone else helping you with the shopping and you get a system if you're ordering them online, they're going to a prep center or to a neighbor's house while you're in Mexico setting up, you know, the mission. And there you go. Like, like that's the that's the business. But it is a slow and steady chipping away, taking very small risks. And every once in a while, those risks turn into nice big rewards. And once you're good at it, you know, kind of the the typical replin experience that we're seeing right now is each week you need to be finding a good, you know, 10, 20 new replins, ideally minimum. Knowing that within maybe three months, half of those will probably have burned through, if not more than that. But a good 25 to 50% of those will stick around for several months for you. They may slow down and speed up. But over time, if you do the math and you're good at reading Keepa and you're good at picking the right replans, you build a business that's just boring autopilot. It can be run by people who don't have to be, you know, it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. you've got a, a virtual assistant, maybe who's working all day, every day, finding the new replens for you, which is why we're super proud of the Proven Replens VA program, provenreplensva.com. And they just send you your replens every day and you kind of tweak the system to make sure they're finding the stuff that you really need if, that meets your qualifications. And that's the system. So you've got the tools, you've got the base knowledge. I think it's just a matter of if kind of putting in the time, what yeah. spare time you guys do have. Yeah. Finding more replants. And that's what fuels the whole thing. Just finding more replants. 
yeah, just that, that realization of how, what's the expectation of when they should sell and how quick they should sell mm-hmm. and the pricing that, that really kind of opens my eyes to maybe go back and look at some that I had passed on before. Sure. And, <laughs> yeah. And Test on them. That. Yeah. Especially if you're comfortable playing with, you mentioned groceries. So you've dealt with the expiration date issues. Right. There's so much there. Yeah. There's just so much there, especially if you're willing to do some of the shipping yourself, I can tell you the stuff that kind of has short expiration dates that you're willing to ship yourself via merchant fulfill. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of potential there to kind of just find some low hanging fruit. Uh, But yeah, I I really, I like the grocery category. Keeping track of the expiration dates is an issue. So, you know, be mindful of that. The, we've had a lot of success in, uh, by any chance are you, Hazmat? Have you applied for Hazmat? Uh, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, it's something worth looking into. Okay. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit in Hazmat for a couple of reasons. One, it, it's kind of a painful process to get approved. And then once you are approved, they give you pretty limited storage space. Okay. But that space is just gold. We've got several really strong performers for us and you know cleaning supplies and that sort of thing. Nice. Um, so if you're comfortable hitting the grocery, that's a great category for you to get into. There's replens in every category, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you go through that advanced keep a training, you don't want to be stuck in training mode. Right. Um, this is something I coach people quite often: is you need to be spending about eighty percent of your time doing it, finding replens, building, especially at the beginning in your business. You haven't had that first ten thousand dollar month. Do right. it, hit it hard, working hard. But twenty percent of your time, learn new skills, tweak your skill base. So going through that OA simplified course, going through the keep a advanced keep a training module and the proven Amazon course just kind of tweaking your strategies, uh, getting to where you can sit down confidently in a two or three hour stretch and find 10 or 20 replans anytime you want to. Right. Right. You're really close to being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you play those numbers out over time. You're having a $10,000 month, you know, two or three months from now, assuming the funding is there. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Awesome. Hey, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to tell you about a way to save a nice chunk of change on all your online shopping and in-store shopping by using discounted gift cards. We've got a new sponsor on the program with a free report they want to give you, no strings attached. Go to silentgym.com slash gift cards. That's silentgym.com slash gift cards, one word. It's in the show notes as well, that link. What they do is they put together a report that shows you all the places you can go to get great discounted gift cards. And they also offer the service themselves, selling gift cards to many online sellers, our community included. So it's a pleasure to bring them on board as a sponsor. Again, the link one more time, silentgym.com slash gift cards for that free special report. Let's get back to the show. You're really close to being able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I you feel play, like you play those numbers like, out over time. You're having a ten thousand dollar month. You know, two or three months from now, assuming the funding is there. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Awesome. So, any question? Any other questions you have for me? I think you'd said you you came with a few, and we we introduced some some good topics today. But I want to make sure and hit very specifically stuff that's going to be helpful to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we did hit a couple of my questions. <laughs> good. Okay. Sourcing was one. I guess another one that I have, it's along the lines of the numbers and budgeting and 
when, when can I pay myself? Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of at, at what point, cause we are, we are restarting with limited funds. Like we're, right. yeah, we just don't have much to get the ball rolling, but I do, I think it's important to have a plan and a goal for when we'll be able to take an income from it. So I don't know. Do you have any? Yeah. You know, that that's an interesting topic. There's, you know, without diving into territory that I'm not qualified necessarily to dive into as far as family budget and how much you can live on, et cetera. But it is fairly straightforward math to see if I say I start with $1,000 and I turn that into 1300 in a few weeks. And then I put that 1300 back into the same system. And I, I turn that into 1650. And then I put that 1650 back like every three weeks and you just kind of roll through a, a simple spreadsheet formula will tell you, you know, at, at what point do I want to slow that machine down to start spending some of that? Right. Right. That's a tough choice to make because you'll see, and, and that's where funding comes in. And to me, that's kind of the topic we're talking about is using outside funding. At what point does it make sense to take a low interest loan that continues to fuel this machine, but I can start enjoying some of the benefit of what we're doing. And these are all math questions, right? So without knowing the specific numbers and the details and the family monthly budget, et cetera, I can tell you that kind of the, the middle of the bell curve of the experiences of our community are somewhere around a let's say on the low end for some of the more robust businesses, like a warehouse and a team and fully automated. And someone's just, I'm just kind of managing the numbers of my business and it just runs itself. You can see around a 10% on the low end net margin. But you know, if you got a multiple million dollar business, hey, that's not bad. Someone who's doing it all themselves, they're kind of new, they're hitting it and they're hustling, 30, 35% net margin, mm-hmm. right? So you can you can kind of start doing the math at what point, how big do we need to be? I like to see people get to about $10,000 a month in sales before they start worrying about this conversation. Just roll it all back in for most people, for most family budgets until you're at about $10,000 a month in sales. Don't even think about that stuff. Build your system. Right. And then you can start doing the math and thinking, okay, if we take out $500, if we take out $1,000 a month, how does that impact our ability to scale? Can we get a hold of that money somewhere else? Can we call, you know, accrue me, silentgym.com slash funding, right? Accrue me is the company. They love Amazon replen sellers because they know these guys know what they're doing. If they've got a track record of having sold $10,000 a month the past few months, yeah, we'll give them some cash because these guys know what they're doing. They're generating margin. They understand the Amazon platform, right? So you can start to bring that outside funding in and it's not accumulating interest on a monthly basis is the nice thing about them. It's a pile of money that sits there. And as your business grows, that pile grows. And you can give the pile back to them anytime you want, along with the growth you've enjoyed, a portion of the growth you've enjoyed. But it's not sitting there accumulating interest, waiting on a monthly payment, like had you put it on a credit card. It's more like uh, the equivalent I always say is it's kind of like a wealthy uncle said, oh yeah, you guys need 30 grand. Here you go. Give it back to me plus interest someday. When your business grows. Right. And to the degree your business grows, that's what you owe them. If your business doesn't grow, you just own the capital back. It's a pretty cool model uh, because they believe in Amazon sellers and they work closely and they're going to see your statistics and, you know, it's going to be a very transparent thing. But the point being, you can use some creative funding options that are available out there to start to pull some money out a little sooner. Right. If need be. And your business doesn't slow down as a result. 
right? Because if you've got the, I'll put it to you differently. If you've got the ability to turn a $10 bill into a $20 bill, predictively, there's a lot of people willing to give you a $10 bill and then share some of that 20 Right. with me. So don't ignore that option and think, hey, you just got to turn your own new 20s into more inventory and churn, churn, churn. Right. Right. And this is where you start to, you know, the Dave Ramsey influence on, especially on the Christian community is like, oh no, I can never take a loan for anything. Well, no, business capital is definitely a different animal altogether, you know, right. biblically. And there's plenty of Christian leaders out there who'd say, hey, Dave, you know, you live in responsibility, live, live within your means. We're not talking about buying a bunch of wants. We're talking about scaling our business a little faster. That's what capitalism is. It's using capital that belongs to another person to grow an idea. That's the very foundation of our economy. So that's talking around without using these specific numbers, which I don't necessarily even want to dive into, but those are the kind of conversations you need to have. Another thing I think it's healthy for married couples to do, and this is a a specific exercise, is to say, how much money do we need in the bank? Or rather than a, a total dollar amount, I like to express it in terms of how many months. How many months do we need to have in the bank before we're comfortable making a leap? How many months? And whichever of the couple names the higher number wins the argument because you (laughs) you don't want to be stressed. Right, right. If the wife says, I think we need about six months and the husband's like, "Ah, I'd I'd be more comfortable with nine. Nine's the number. (laughs) And now, you know, whoever's the most conservative, because now that month from between month six and nine, you don't want to be like, hey, I told you so. You know, it's like, no, we waited till we had nine months. And uh, then you, you know, you start to change your lifestyle, you start to make adjustments and, you know, you go part-time at the school or whatever, right? Right. Um, So that's a very healthy conversation to have. It sounds like you guys are on the same page doing this together too. Yeah, yeah. So it should be a pretty easy conversation to have, but that'll help you too. Like before we can really go hard on that after this or before we can go consider ourselves, you know, jumping, making that full-time leap, maybe even, you know, what, how much backup do we need to have in the bank as a family? But yeah, that's hopefully that's helpful to you. Yeah, it is. It is very yeah. much, very much. Good. Well, what are what are the questions did you have for me? And, and I don't want to pretend I'm the uh, ultimate source of wisdom either. One thing I when I see when I see married couples, especially the, you know the ministry, the and the tied to your finance and you know strong marriage, strong home, kids right there still. Uh, you need to have a local support network of some kind of people that you can bounce all this stuff and really kind of dive in deep with. It's one thing for me to make a few suggestions here. You know, we've never spoken before, but that accountability of some local friends who are growing businesses, local business owners, that's the circle of people you want to be hanging out with and thinking like. Right. You know, it may not be the other people that work in the office where you're at. Very well, maybe. I'm not saying I don't, I don't know who these people are, but it may be like that local small business owner at church it's kind of facing some of these same interesting struggles right now. Like where's the funding going to come from? What are the business models are working? And, and those connections are going to be invaluable for you guys as you know, so that network of people, I heard one pastor say it's been a few years back, but I love this. When you find your people, then you can find your purpose. Right. And not that you guys are struggling to find purpose, but in this new entrepreneurial meets ministry kind of arena, you're stepping into, you need to find some, and it could be people in this community, but find some people that you can just kind of rub shoulders with, yeah. maybe a mastermind from this group, which we love seeing form. In Atlanta, I know there's many people in our community from Atlanta. In our Facebook group, you can find them fairly easily. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be extremely helpful. So, yeah. yeah. So I would encourage you there too. Far more valuable than any 
tidbits of wisdom I might drop in the few minutes we have together would be rubbing shoulders and hanging out with those folks on a regular basis, even meetups, meet Zoom meetups and that sort of thing, or in-person meetups for the right. Atlanta area, which I don't know if there is one, there probably is. Our group's large enough now, I imagine there is. It's a matter of finding those folks. Right, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, well, my husband did write down a couple questions. Beautiful. And one was, you know, along the sourcing models, like when, uh, as far as like wholesale versus replens or, mm-hmm. you know, doing replens that moves into wholesale, like what's your thoughts on that? You know, I don't really draw a delineation between wholesale and replens. There's really only two kinds of products on Amazon from my vantage point. There's a product that only I can sell right? because I invented it or patented it or created it or white labeled it or whatever. Like only I can sell on this ASIN. And we don't encourage new sellers to start there because there's a 95% failure rate if you try to start there as a new seller, which is why we're not one of these companies out here trying to sell a private label course like everybody else on the planet. <laughs> no, we're good at it. We've got a plenty of private label success stories where people are selling their own products successfully on Amazon, but they're not new sellers. Right. It's too risky. So you got the product you own, only you can sell. And then you've got products that anybody else can sell. The reseller channel, right? right. Listings that anyone else can jump on. The only two kinds of listings on Amazon. Wholesale, falls into the category of stuff that anyone else can sell. Now, the nice advantage and Rich Potter, that course, the provenwholesalesourcing.com course, which sells separately from the Proven Amazon course, but it's also now included in the Proven Amazon course. So one of the things you might start studying is his strategy for finding wholesale companies that are underserved. The biggest thing I can say about wholesale that kind of sets you in the right direction. You know, you've, you've heard these like trajectory conversations. Like I'm going to give you a shove in the right direction. If we adjusted this five degrees to the left, you'd be in a very different place six months from now. I'm going to shove you in a perfect right direction. The big secret with wholesale is it's not about finding products that aren't on Amazon yet and trying to introduce them to Amazon as if it's a new product. And that's like having your own private label product, except you're building someone else's brand. Very difficult thing to do. Success with wholesale is not that. Success with wholesale, as taught by Rich Potter in the Proven Wholesalesourcing.com course, that's included in the Proven Amazon course. Success there is identifying those underserved wholesale products and sources, meaning there's already one or two or three other sellers selling from this wholesaler, but not very many other people. And you contact that wholesaler, you get permission, you get into their network, you prove that you're valuable. Sometimes they'll even say, hey, we'd love to work with just you and a couple others. You guys are honoring our map pricing. You're good to work with. You're placing good orders. We don't want anyone else on ours. So you help them get brand registered with Amazon. You help them kick other sellers off that aren't following the policies of how they, you know, how they want to work with sellers. So that's the advantage of wholesale. It's not because a lot of people think, man, the advantage of wholesale is I'm going to get super cheap prices and be able to you know, sell stuff that other people can't sell. Well, no, that's not really the the magic of wholesale because I'll tell you, like Walmart's pricing, a lot of times beats off the shelf as a shopper, beats a lot of the wholesale prices out there, right? Just they don't have all the selection that you can get when you start discovering some of these wholesale channels. So it's not really wholesale versus replans. It's, here's how I think of it. In the arena of possibilities with replans of the... uh, literally dozens, probably 50 different ways you can find great replens. 
wholesale, wholesale companies, wholesalers, they're one of the avenues that you can pursue those relationships. And it's one of the more protected avenues that you can pursue. It's a, you're going to get a lot more no's before you get a yes, typically. And that's kind of the magic and the beauty of the system Rich Potter has built is it's, a, it's sending emails. And there's other courses out there that will teach you, hey, you got to send out two or 300 emails to wholesale companies before you get one yes. Well, Rich has got it dialed down to where you're sending out 20 or 30 emails before you get someone saying, hey, yeah, here's our catalog. Yeah, we'd love to work with you. Just the way you research Amazon and you go through what's already there looking for those underserved opportunities. And it may not be a wholesaler, maybe a distributor. It may just be a, a product that you find like, whoa, I just need to go to Amazon and buy a four pack of this. You're going to stumble across those too with that training. So does that make sense? Rather than saying, which is better, replans or wholesale? It's like, no, wholesaling is a kind of replen research. That's all it is. Right. It's just another replen sourcing strategy from my vantage point. Yeah. Slightly more complicated, but definitely not rocket science compared to things like what we've already talked about. The simplest might be go to a store near you, take a picture of the store shelf. Ideally, it's a regional store, meaning they're not 18 of them in every state in the United States. There's you know, five in a certain region of the country, right? You take a picture of a store shelf, research the barcodes, the brand labels that, you know, and just see what that, where that takes you. That's the one of the lower hanging fruit models up to this more complex because Rich's strategy requires you use a tool called Smart Scout. You can get yeah. a great discount on that tool at silentgym.com slash SS, Smart Scout. I think I replaced that part of my brain that used to know all my friends' telephone numbers <laughs> <laughs> with all these links that we have in this community. Because I don't remember anybody's phone number anymore, yeah. but uh, I've got all these links. You know, so it uses, and that's not a cheap tool, but it's very powerful and, and it scrapes the, you know, it doesn't, they don't do any data. I don't think Scott does any data scraping with that, but it uses Amazon's data in some very creative ways that makes yeah. Rich Potter's wholesale research strategy it's a must-have, but it's another tool you got to pay for. So unless you're seriously committing time, effort, and energy to that strategy, don't go out and buy. You know, as you well know, there's a ton of tools out there. Keepa is really all you need. To you know, it, it, let me just put it this way: we've got a couple in our community that got well up over seven figures, just the two of them, using only Keepa and Seller Central. Wow. They weren't even using anything to help them with their you know, the buy list. They weren't even using inventory lab to prep. They were just using Seller Central and Keepa and they had over seven figures at wow. a very healthy profit margin running out of their house. Wow. Right? So don't think it's the next magic tool or whatever. But your husband's question was wholesale versus replans. Tuck me through. So that's my answer. And I, I like my answer. I may have wandered a little bit, but I think I, I kind of nailed it on that one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That definitely makes sense. Okay, good. Yeah. I actually think that that covered all, everything that I I wrote down. Oh, that was easy. I feel I know. smart now. You didn't even get me confused. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well, do you feel like you know what you want to do next? I've got one other specific thing. We typically, you know, if we're kind of treating this like if, if it was a, a coaching call, you know, I've kind of been speaking to the listeners as well while I've been talking to you, Neva, but there's one suggestion I definitely would still want to go into. Uh, but was there any other questions that you had not right now, but I'm sure they will come. <laughs> sure. Oh, of course. And and, and we'll be here in the communities here. And that's the beauty of the Facebook group. Yeah. You know, the combined power of 70,000 people way smarter than I am. But yeah. I've noticed, I've made some observations over trends and 
and um, things that sellers have in common based on certain seasons that they find themselves in. So I think that's the source of the, the benefit that I bring to the group is just, I've been observing this for 20 years. So hopefully I can give you a shove and like I said, in the right direction and help you avoid misconceptions early on, which can send you down dangerous paths. Yeah. But uh, what are you going to do from here? That's one thing. I have one other specific suggestion, but like, what is your game plan? Just just to ha- hear yourself speak it out loud, just so we can say six months from now, when you guys are doing awesome, we can go back and say, hey, remember when you said this? Like, yeah. <laughs> talk me through the next month or two, if it yeah. plays out the way you'd like it to. What, what are some, uh, not necessarily goals, but like, however you want to take that question, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, I really want to move into the online arbitrage sourcing so that's the biggest thing. And to finding 10 to 20 replens, which right now seems a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I know I've noticed like, as I've been at it, it's, it's getting easier and easier. So, you know, getting to the point where I'm finding that amount every week or, you know, kind of really pushing in that direction. And then I, I guess actually another question I might have, sorry. Sure. No, this is all about thinking out loud. I love uh, it. Is is tracking, you know, tracking the refunds? Like, what's the what's the best way? Just like a spreadsheet, or mm-hmm. how how is I mean, that? Is they, are they still viable or not? How many more should I go buy? That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah that's what we really love. Replens dashboard. Jimmy Smith, the the guy who created the replen system that we've been using for. You know, it, the only, the first person to really systemize replens was mm-hmm. Jimmy. And we've adopted that into the Proven Amazon course. He's also the one, he and a couple of brilliant partners have come up with replen dashboard. It's not expensive, but that's what we use on my team to keep track of. We got a couple thousand replens. Is this one we should go order again? If so, how many? That sort of thing, right? Helping you kind of make those decisions. The spreadsheet's fine too. When you've got just got a handful and you kind of track them, it's good to know and make those decisions. It's good to to roll without a repricer, for example, if you've just got a, re, a handful. So you yeah. can see what impact does it have as I manually raise and lower the price and kind of try to stay 10% above the lowest priced guy. What does that do? How fast does it sell if I do drop it and make myself the lowest price? Um, you know, so you're you're learning those lessons without using any tools. But when you start using repricer tools or inventory management, Replin dashboard is constantly getting better, and it's a very robust tool. It has been for a few years now, but priced right. And uh, I think that's the the best answer I can give is look into using that very low learning curve tool as well. You give it access to your account, and it it populates, and it's helping you make inventory purchase decisions pretty right. fast. Right. That's good. Yeah. So that, I mean, really over the next couple of months, just really increase my amount of refunds that I have and really streamline that process and um, figure out ways to automate it as well, whether that's sending it all to a prep center or mm-hmm. hiring somebody or hiring yeah. my kids. A neighbor across <laughs> the street, maybe even. Yeah. You know yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, it, it, that's the nice thing about this business is there's there's always plenty of little ways that you can make one percent improvements, and you look back over your shoulder, and this kind of leads me to the last point that I was about to make earlier. You're going to be amazed where you are, say three months or six months or nine months from now, and there'll still be frustrations and things to learn. Always will be changes at Amazon and 
little inconveniences, some big inconveniences, et cetera. But you'll be amazed how far you've come. So I always encourage, you're in a great position. I don't know if you journal or not and create a business journal. Mm-hmm. Here's what I did say for my business or you know, every few days, I'm not as faithful about journaling as I should be, but I try to think back and I look back to the last journal entry I made. Okay, what's happened since then? And here's the things I've done. Here's things that have worked. Here's the things I'd like to be doing. And you reference, I think the power of that is it, it keeps us accountable and it, and it almost, you know, it, as Christians, you know, God spoke all this into existence. The power of the spoken word, the power of the written word, the power of capturing that moment and saying, here's where we're heading. Here's what I want to see happen. Here's what I'm going to do to make that happen. And just capturing those things written form, it's, very, it's so powerful. But the nice thing is you can go back a few months from now and go, wow, I was so worried about such silly things back then. And I was so intimidated by such easily climbed mountains right. back then. Right. You know, if I only I had known, right? And But it gives you an appreciation for the journey, which is really what, you know, enjoying the journey. And that's a lesson that I, you know, I look at my my teenagers and I see the stuff they're going through and my young adult kids and like, you're getting kind of worked up about the wrong things. As an adult, I know like, that's not as serious as you think it is, but I remember being there. So I'm not going to take that from you, but a business journey is the same thing. And uh, you're going to appreciate the wisdom of where you are now. And you've already, you're so far ahead. That's one of the other things I'd like to say to you, Neva, is the experiences you've had in the past. You are so more qualified now to really do well with this compared to someone who's comparing this opportunity to six other shiny object things they saw on YouTube yesterday, right? Like, they're going to spin their wheels for three years and finally settle on this. Mm-hmm. You've got an advantage. You've been around long enough to know there's a lot of garbage out there. This is this is legit. This community is full of good people who are doing this business. You've got that confidence. Uh, but start a business journal if you don't. Do you journal? Sometimes. Yeah, I'm kind of there too. Yeah. But I've noticed there's a, a success rate among new students specifically who start making that a, a a serious practice, it brings the business to mind on a consistent basis. They don't end up going five or six days doing nothing. Right. Journal holds them accountable. That friend group is just as valuable as well. That, you know, the, the fellow business building warriors, maybe they're in the Atlanta area, maybe it's other people who will reach out to you after you hear this episode. And the thing that I've learned, this is this is kind of new in the last year or so, Neva, this is valuable for you and for other listeners and I observed this when we started doing our Kickstart program. And that's for all, all the new proven Amazon course students who get the proven Amazon course have the option to pay a few bucks and they're assigned a group of others who just bought the course. And you can do this after the fact if you'd like, but we're actually presenting it at this point as part of the purchase process. Some would call it an upsell, it's just a few dollars though. But it's an opportunity to get in with a group of other people who have recently bought the course. And then one of our coaches group hangs out through those first few basic steps of getting things set up. And what I'm noticing, and here's the big lesson, this is where I was surprised. My impression before we launched that program was if you're going to have an effective mastermind group, it needs to have some experienced, high energy, know the answer to all the questions, people in the mix for it to have longevity. Otherwise, it's going to be a bunch of new people that don't know what they're doing, trying to encourage each other, and it's not going to go anywhere. That was what I was thinking before we started doing this. But now that we've done a good handful of these, I'm hearing over and over and over again from these groups, like, I love these people. These people are great. They encourage me. They motivate me. Like, we're all going through the same stuff at the same point in time. And sure, the coach is there as a source, 
but they're not the thing that gives it the energy. It's just the camaraderie of similar people in a similar season. And, and, and we know this biblically iron sharpening iron. It doesn't have to be a hardened seasoned warrior with a newbie who needs shaped and trained. It can be a bunch of newbies who need shaped and trained and the iron still gets sharpened. Uh-huh. Right? That's what I'm learning. So it, it, you don't need to be surrounding yourself with people who've been there, done that constantly to succeed in this business. You just need other people who are trying to do it and encouraging each other. That next step, I mean, what does the course say we should do next? All right, guys, let's all commit. We're going to you know, contest who can find the most replays before we meet next Tuesday, right? That sort of thing really pulls you forward more than you might suspect. So find that group and start journaling on my two specifics besides what we have already talked about. And ideally do it with some other married couples who are doing the business together because that's what you guys are. Some cases, it's just one spouse doing the business and that's great. But if if you happen to find yourself in a situation where it's married couples, yeah, find a handful of other married couples and meet together. Talk about having you know kids and you may end up mentoring them on other topics as well. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Absolutely, it does. Yep. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of a way it could go bad or negative. I mean, we've just seen it work so many times, you know, and yeah. it's, hard, it's easy to do. And the side benefits are just so abundant and obvious. Right. Right. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think, I think I got you some good specifics. If this was a coaching call, this would feel like a good place to start wrapping it up to me. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. anything else on your mind, Neva, before we start to call it no, a day? No, I think this is great. And I just want to say thank you again for offering this, this time. And it's helpful for me. Hopefully it's going to be helpful for a lot more people too. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. me the feedback we get. You know, this is another place where, you know, here I am, I'm leading an organization in, in a in kind of a new industry of, there's not a lot of pioneers out there have kind of done what we're doing around here. And I would have guessed that the most useful episodes we could produce would be the ones where we're talking to someone who succeeded and they're doing big things and how it's changed their life and all that. And we've got hundreds of those episodes recorded. But the feedback we get from episodes like this mm-hmm. are three to one. Right. I want more of those. Right. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> we can do that because there's certainly no shortage of people who are out there trying to you know get their footing and asking basic questions. And um, yeah. so I will do yeah. more of these. And I'm glad it served you well, Neven, and hopefully the, the listeners as well. So I'm going to transition over to that part where I talk to the listeners now. Uh, thank you for hanging out with Neva and I today. This episode was every bit as much for you as it was for for my new friend, Neva and her family. And as they're trying to go on their mission and that journey that God's called them to, hey, yeah. you've got those kind of things too, right? We know, we all do. And if we can be part of helping make that happen, we want to do that. So, hey, Neva, you did a great job today. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, and thank your family for loaning you to us. It was time <laughs> well spent for us today. And for all the listeners, the business building warriors who have turn this show into one of the most listened to e-commerce shows in the world. That's amazing to me. Thank you for helping make that happen. If you don't mind, spread the word, share this on YouTube or on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform. We're actually on Alexa now. You can say, hey, Alexa, play Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast and it'll pop right up. Pretty cool, huh? So spread the word, share it around. We appreciate that. And God bless you until we meet again next time. Talk to you then. Thank you. Hey, before I let you go, one last reminder about an easy way to save money on every purchase you make online or in stores by using discounted gift cards. There's a free special report that's been set up by our latest sponsor, Arbitrage Card. You can get this report, tells you how to go find these great discounted cards. 
go to silentgym.com slash gift cards. That's silentgym.com slash gift cards, all one word. The link is in the show notes as well. Go grab that report. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.